Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We're not going to waste any time. We're just going to jump right into this big old bad boy party we're having called Indiana Outdoors. I am your fo- I'm your host, Brian Pointer, and what a beautiful week we had here in the state of Indiana, the harbinger of things to come. The weather has cracked enough that now my mode is hunting season. October 1st starts deer season. A lot of folks been out. Small game. We've had some... Uh, dove season, all sorts of good stuff. People out in the state, uh, around the state, field and forest, having a great time. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. We've got a big weekend coming up here on the 23rd, 24th of September. We've got National Public Lands Day separately, then National Hunting and Fishing Day. We have Youth deer hunting that weekend and it's the final free fishing day i believe on the 24th so we're going to talk to a couple of folks interested in both of those big things cindy stites one of our favorites she is the r3 recruit retain what was the other one recruit retain and re-engage there you go i knew it was going to come to me it's early haven't had enough caffeine but they're going to be she's going to be talking about the uh, National Hunting and Fishing Day, and she's always great for for stories as well. Jody Heaston is the volunteer coordinator for the Department of Natural Resources and National Public Lands Day. Great opportunity to get out and give back just a little bit if you love a particular park property. Ask them. We're going to find out what you need to do and be aware of National Public Lands Day. Joe Caudell is our state deer biologist, one of my favorite topics and I always love it when we can talk to our biologist, and Joe is one of the best for sure in at least the Midwest, if not the country. We're going to find out what changes, if any, are upcoming. I don't want to take any time from him because I understand he is on hold. We are ready to rock and roll. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Back right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I'm your host, Brian Pointer. So great to visit with you each and every week. Seems like another week has passed. What a beautiful early fall. And here we are back in the studio. However, that is going to change abruptly here in the coming weeks. And we are on the verge of archery season opening October 1st. Uh, As mentioned at the top of the hour, a little later, we're going to be talking about National Public Lands Day, National Hunting and Fishing Day. So who better to have a conversation with on this Saturday as we lead into mid-September here than Joe Caudell, who is the deer biologist in the state of Indiana. Joe, it's great to visit with you again. How you been? 
Been great. Been great. Good to be back. Well, it is always great to be with you and doing such a great job as our state's deer biologist. You're recognized by your peers across the country as just such a great leader and biologist and a lot of things happening here in the state of indiana traditionally archery opens october 1st and a lot of folks getting ready and a lot of chatter already about what's going to be happening this deer season so i got to ask the open-ended generic question let you go wherever it goes what do you see looking forward uh in your biology eye what's going to be the look for this deer season uh coming up yeah, I think it's going to be another uh, really good deer season. You know, this uh, past kind of late summer, we didn't have a significant uh, EHD event anywhere. So, you know, we don't have to worry about that. Uh, most of those southern counties that were affected, you know, back in 2019, they're back up to kind of where they normally are. So, you know, that's that's all kind of back to normal. and. So, yeah, I expect we're going to have a good season again. So how do you know that? As a biologist, when you look at these places, and you've already taken one page out of my playbook here talking about EHD, but that has been a torment for several summers, and I just didn't hear about it. I hadn't heard anything from from you as being – a uh, a concern, if you will, perhaps it was out there. But how do you know that the deer have come back? So, uh, a couple of things. So, first of all, there are there's there's research out there that's been done that shows kind of that typical time frame that it takes for deer to come back, and so we've kind of passed that. Uh, I mean, if you look at some of our numbers in those southern counties. Uh, those are up looking at uh, the survey data where hunters are reporting what they've seen. You know, we've seen that come back. Our archers index uh, where, you know, our archery hunters who are participating um, in in that are, you know, the indications are that it's come back. And, and so a lot, a lot of, we have a lot of indicators pointing to uh, you know what our population is doing. That makes sense, and that's why you are the world-class biologist that you are. Joe Caudell, our state deer biologist, having a conversation here just a couple weeks away from our archery season. You already brought up EHD, and we're going to go with the alphabet soup now, the CWD, ongoing concern in the state of Indiana as it has been for 10 plus years. So disease and management and spread is always a concern for you. And we've had our issues, like you mentioned, with EHD. What's the plan this year for CWD, chronic wasting disease? I know that that's been a plan that's been implemented and monitored, but what's what's it going to look like this year? Yeah, so we are doing our annual surveillance like like we always do, except that's going to be a little bit different. Uh, over the past couple of years, we've actually been partnering with taxidermists to help us with our CWD sampling because they already have the head. It's an adult buck for the most part, and that's our primary targeted sample. So we've been working with them, and uh, they've actually agreed to help us collect these CWD samples we need. And and the really interesting thing about this partnership is it is actually more cost-effective 
uh, it's like four times as cost of, as uh, cost effective as sending out biologists to the check stations like we have done in the past on opening weekends. And so, you know, one, these folks are already have it. You know, they're they're uh, real uh, interested in, in helping us out with that. And so we think this is going to be a great way of getting uh, the bulk of our CWD samples in the future. So for those that maybe have been living in a cave, CWD uh, been a national story amongst cervids population, the deer, the elk, and other things. But we have not had a reported case in Indiana, but it's kind of all Correct. around us. And right. you've been doing such a great job, eye on the prize, managing and monitoring, looking at different areas of the state. I think that was something that was different last year. And you, the only way that you can test these deer for whether or not they have CWD is through a dead carcass and the glands in their head primarily and I guess in their neck area or something. So Mm -hmm. you need hunters to volunteer to do this. And I think hunters have responded with that over the years. Is that correct? Yeah. uh, Most hunters we talk with are more than happy to let us pull out a sample or like now the taxidermists pull out a sample. Uh, And so... Yeah, our, our hunters have actually been great about doing that and helping us monitor for chronic wasting disease. And even, you know, reporting to us odd things they're seeing out in the woods. You know, that that's how we get our information on what's going on with EHD. You know, are we seeing thick and odd-looking deer out there? You know, it's really the hunters that are reporting what they're seeing out in in the field to our um, our, our sick deer, sick, sick and dead animal system that we we have up and running online now for the last several years, and that's been an invaluable tool. And I can't say enough about what hunters and and even other folks who don't hunt, you know, just to observe deer, uh, the, the amount of help that's given us in terms of monitoring for uh, a lot of diseases. Joe Caudell, our state deer biologist, ahead of this year's 2023 deer season, October 1st traditional opening. You're going to have a lot of folks in the woods here in the next few weeks getting ready for a lot of traditions, a lot of great stuff, and a lot of things that we've come to pay attention to are the adjustments in the bonus antlerless counties, and there's been some changes this year. Explain the process and what people need to be aware of and what you're concerned with as a biologist. Yeah, so so this year the process is still pretty much the same. You know, we expect there to be some changes next year, you know, in, in, in that process. But this year everything is pretty much the same. Uh, you know, if any of your listeners are out in uh, kind of that Fayette County, Franklin County, that kind of southeastern area over there, you know, they need to be really aware that for two of those counties, the uh, county quota is actually, the, the county bonus antlers quota is actually zero over there. And that was due to an EHD outbreak that they had there, a very severe EHD outbreak about two years ago. And so, but for the, for the rest of the state and most of the counties, you know, everything's pretty much as it's, as it's been in the past. So why do you anticipate next year there'll be changes? Well, we've had changes to uh, state law that affects how we are able to 
basically uh, create the rules that govern deer hunting. And so in the past, our like the way we would set the harvest is we would collect all of our harvest data uh, from the previous year. We would send out our deer management survey that everybody gets, uh, you know, towards the start of February, the end of January, and we collect hunter input and, and our data. We put all that together with the information from conservation officers and our district wildlife biologists and create this recommendation for the quotas for the upcoming hunting season, so the next year's hunting season. And that process has always been a very like quick and responsive process. But um, the big change is that particular rule process, the emergency rule process that we would use to set those seasons for the next year uh, is, is gone for purposes like this, for like routine management purposes. It, it still exists for like disease reasons. So like if we had an EHD outbreak or if we had a CWD outbreak or something like that, we could still use that process. But the the the, the county bonus antlers quotas, those types of things, it's just going to have to go through a new process that just takes a little bit longer time that than the emergency rule process. So sitting high atop the throne of deer biology in the state of Indiana, as I've already mentioned, well-respected amongst your peers, what are other colleagues in the surrounding states looking towards this year? What are they saying? What are you talking to them about? What's on your radar screen? Uh, you know, not, you know, about the thing that we're looking at in here in Indiana, you know, it's, you know, the same sort of thing. You know, they want to, you know, they're, they're expecting folks to have, you know, good hunting seasons. Uh, you know, our colleagues in Michigan and Ohio and Illinois, of course, they're always worried about chronic wasting disease and monitoring for the spread of that. Uh, we we in Indiana are very interested in them monitoring for CWD and monitoring the spread because, you know, it's just, it seems like it's just inching closer to us you know, uh, every year. And so the information that we share between states is, you know, really beneficial to each other. And especially in Indiana, where we don't have it yet, but you know, this, this information that we share between us actually helps us kind of watch what's, what's coming our way. Game management is just a beautiful science. And I'm so glad we have great biologists like you and others across the spectrum in our Department of Natural Resources. But planning and looking ahead two, three, five, ten years, where do you think, what, what are you going to be talking about next year or the year after that? What are some of the things that keep Joe Caudell awake at night? Well, I'll tell you some of the things that keep me excited. Oh, I like that. I like the reroute. Good work. <laughs> so, uh, we just we're just wrapping up this uh, large research project with Purdue that we've had over the last couple of years, and the 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 bulk of this project was to really help us get better deer data. So we've got good deer data right now, but we were really trying to get excellent data. And I would say the result of this has actually been probably some of the uh, best data. I've seen in any state whatsoever. And what do you mean by that? So, estimating deer populations is very difficult. You know, deer are cryptic. They move around. I was going to say, when I asked how do you know all that, this is great conversation. 
<laughs> yeah. And so, it, you know, they're, they're really hard to find. So it takes a lot of, you know, statistical work and, and the, the, the states that are doing a really good job of it. They're usually doing flights and, and they've got biologists up in the planes and, and they're doing estimates. But, you know, you're literally sitting there with a counter trying to count deer as you're flying along and you're, you're banking and turning. Well, one of our researchers found that putting paired cameras, paired infrared and just kind of radio, regular video cameras in a plane and flying these transects and then watching that data back in the office or the lab later on was, one, it was far more cost efficient. And your accuracy actually goes up because now you can, you know, pause it and say, is that a deer there? Yep, yep, that's a deer. And, you know, you can see things on the IR that, you know, and then you go and look on the other camera. And so this research project figured this out and figured out what the techniques to employ to do this. And so now our goal over the next several years is actually to put this into operation. And so we can actually... Uh, have very fine scale uh, deer densities across the state, and that that's kind of our goal. And I so, love that. you know, over a few years, this is what I'm really looking forward to to developing and, and having. Joe Cardell, always great to visit with you, state deer biologist. We'll probably visit with you as we get a little closer to the firearm season. But a lot of excited folks, a lot of folks getting their hunter ed and getting the final details and making sure everything's perfect. Even though I've never had an opening morning that's been perfect. I don't know about you. There's always something that goes wrong, no matter what the planning is. But it's still great to be out there in all of God's nature. So we appreciate you giving us an update, and we'll look forward to having you back. And thanks for all you do on behalf of those Hoosier hunters out there. Hey, love being on your show. Always great to visit with you. Thanks, Joe. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. Love talking to him. we got a couple of great guests coming up. You're not going to want to go anywhere. It's the Indiana Outdoor Show, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Back right after this. Oh, what a great day to be alive. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Every day is a great day to be alive, huh? what I always try to say. Everybody, uh, we just go about doing our business here, but we got the Indiana Outdoor Show. And with that, I am grateful to have all of the stations carrying this program. And I am fortunate for you, the listener, that we've been able to do this for so long. We got some landmark dates and opportunities coming up, as I mentioned at the top of the hour. And we are talking to Jody Heaston. Now she is a regular. It's becoming a regular thing here because we're all you're, you got such a big job, and our job is to help you out. So with that, we are going to be talking about National Public Lands Day and what role Indiana is going to play in that. And with that, opportunities for volunteers. How you been? been really good. Thank you for having me again. I always like talking about volunteerism in state parks. Well, Jody, you're one of the best of them and so dedicated in what you do. But we've got a couple of dates coming up here on the 23rd of September. So we are upon that and mm-hmm. we're celebrating a couple of events that weekend. And in particular, what what is so important and why is this recognized and why so much effort in National Public Lands Day? Why is that helpful and important? 
Right, yeah. So National Public Lands Day has been going on now for 30 years nationwide. Um, the National Environmental Education Foundation is the one that started that 30 years ago, and it has grown to be the single largest volunteer event for public lands. It's to really get people to recognize the public lands that are near them. And of course, state parks, DNR properties, we are public lands. So we want people to see and notice us and come out and visit. We all we obviously do get a lot of visitors. We want more people to come out. And when you're out, why not volunteer too? So that's what this National Public Lands Day is all about. Now for state parks and the DNR here in Indiana, we've been participating in this national event for over 10 years. And every year we seem to see more and more people come out and volunteering and helping us. Uh, of course, it's September 23rd that is celebrated nationwide on all public um, lands like the DNR properties. But for Indiana, we also carried over to September 24th on Sunday by offering free admission to all of our state what? parks. Come on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we want people to come out on the 23rd. We have so many events come, going on that day, volunteer events, programs, special events. There is something for everybody on National Public Lands Day. But if you can't make that Saturday and still want to come out, come out on Sunday, the 24th. We're going to continue celebrating National Public Lands Day for free admission to all of our state parks on Sunday, September 24th. Jody mm-hmm. Easton is our guest, and she has the dubious responsibility of volunteers with uh, recruiting volunteers. No better opportunity mm-hmm. from this. And we've talked about this so many different times. How important are, are volunteers to what you do and what happens in our state parks and properties? Oh, a lot. You know, as many people know, our visitation has gone up um, since COVID. And of course, when you get lots of visitation, unfortunately, some people forget to carry out their trash. That's one of our policies. You bring in trash, they supposed to carry it out. Well, unfortunately, sometimes that litter gathers around our picnic areas, our playgrounds, around our lakes. And so uh, the more people, you get a little bit more trash. We get more people on our trails. That means we need some more trail maintenance. And, yeah, we have staff, but our staff can only do so much. So having volunteers coming out and assisting us with some of our litter pickup, um, some trail maintenance, that is so helpful for us. Anyone can volunteer, all ages. We have family groups that come out, individuals. We have businesses and civic groups. We have corporations um, that come out. If anyone's really interested, they can find all the opportunities on how to volunteer on our website. It's um, on.in.gov forward slash DNR volunteer. You go there and it tells you how you can get started, what to do, or the simple way, if you have a DNR property near you that you'd like to help out, just call them and just say, hey, I'd like to volunteer and this is what I'm interested in doing. And we can always find something for everybody to do. You don't have to be a person that's always on the trails and hiking, we can find something for you to do that's not hiking if that's something you can't do like other people. You know, if you have mobility issues, we will find something. We, I mean, I tell people, when you go to these special events at state parks, who do you think does all the prep work, all those crafts that you see, all the, you know, everything that you see in a special event, that's a lot of prep work. We have volunteers behind the scenes doing that too. Jody, I've got to ask, because sometimes when people hear the word volunteer, it means like, I don't want to put my foot in that water because now I'm sucked in for the rest of my life. You truly have made it 
so easy that if your family wants to go out and let's say your kids need service hours for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. what a great opportunity. If you're going to be in the park, just arrange to say, hey, do you have a project we could spend a couple hours on? I promise you're not going to end up on an email list for the rest of your life. (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. We have all kinds of volunteers, some volunteers. Like you said, we do have some that are dedicated that are out weekly, but we also have some that just want to help out on special events. So we give them a call on special events. And then we have families and um, students in high school and college that need those community service hours to build up. And so on Natural Public Lands Day is a great day, the 23rd, to come out as a family. Maybe you, you won't be able to time it right to get to one of our volunteer or scheduled volunteer activities or a program, but you still want to, you know, show the kids or maybe you have a student that needs to get that community service hours to come out and just say, let's give back to this public land. Let's give back to our nearest DNR property. Uh, You can walk around the property, pick up trash and litter yourself. And one of the really easy things to do that people don't think of is picking up sticks. I can't say it enough. Picking up sticks. That's that's funny because I understand exactly what you're saying. Exactly. And so, you know, everyone knows if you mow a lawn, the worst thing to do is run over a big stick. It could ruin your lawnmower or you have to stop your lawnmower. You have to get up and move that stick. Well, that's the same thing in the DNR properties. We do mow certain areas, like around the picnic areas, playgrounds. We have fields that we keep mowed for recreational opportunities like flying kites, throwing frisbees. But when we have a storm or some wind that comes through, sticks fall at state parks. (laughs) So we would love that something simple that families can do. All they need to do is walk around the areas that we mow, pick up the sticks, put them in piles next to a tree or put them in the woods and the staff appreciates it so much. Jody, one more time, if people are interested this week or this uh, National Public Lands Day, good opportunity. You have volunteer opportunities throughout the year. How do people Mm -hmm. reach you if they're interested in maybe making an arrangement? Sure. So again, if people want to come out for this specific weekend, the 23rd for National Public Lands Day or the 24th for our free admission day to continue celebrating National Public Lands Day, they can go out to our DNR calendar and find a site near them and find what opportunities are available. So they just need to go to calendar.dnr.in.gov. They can do that or they can go to uh, stateparks.in.gov and you click on the tab that says, how can we help? And right there, it talks about all the volunteer opportunities that people can do. Really easy. Always great to visit with you. Thanks for being a part of Indiana Outdoors. Mm -hmm. No problem. Thank you. My pleasure. Best of luck to everybody on National Public Lands Day. It is the Indiana Outdoors Show. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. When you buy your hunting and fishing license, do a good thing. We'll be going to be back. It's the Indiana Outdoors Show, and I am your host. Don't go anywhere. How dare you? What a great show. What a great weekend. It's great to be alive in the state of Indiana. It's football season. It's crispy air in the morning. We got football going on. I love it all. And as we heard Joe Caudell earlier in the show, 
We are upon the opening of deer season, October 1st. Great to hear from him, one of the most respected deer biologists in the country here in Indiana. Speaking of respected and expertise, Cindy Stites joins us, and it's great to visit with you. It's been a minute since you and I have been on the phone here. You miss a day, you miss a lot, but you're the Wildlife Recruitment Program Manager for the state of Indiana, the R3. We've talked about that with you quite a bit, but you got some things coming up here um, I know Jody Heaston's looking for volunteers for National Public Lands Day, but why don't you just kind of read through the list of stuff that's all going on that weekend that you're keenly aware of? Well, Brian, it is the best time of the year, if you ask me. Um, there's a There's a lot of things that are starting to bubble and starting to happen. Uh, first of all, it's good to talk to you again. It has been a minute. I think the last time we talked was during the state fair. Yep. Um, but we've we've shifted gears, and uh, there's a lot coming up the last weekend in September. So I'm just going to kind of highlight a few of those things. National Public Lands Day uh, is Saturday, September 23rd, and that is basically the nation's largest single day of volunteering on public lands. Uh, there are a lot of organizations that organize different events that day to go out and uh, whether it's you know removing invasives, picking up trash. Um, even out west, I know they do like they pull fence for migration corridors. It is a national event. So um, if anybody's looking for anything to do to volunteer on that day on our public lands, uh, you can always go to the website, which is on.in.gov forward slash DNR volunteer. That'll kind of line you up to sign up for different volunteer opportunities. And also keep in mind, anytime anybody wants to volunteer to fish and wildlife property, all they have to do is contact the property and, you know, talk to the office person or the the property manager or assistant manager, and they can give a list of things that need to be done on the property. So that can happen year-round. Uh, this day is just kind of to celebrate that. And then in addition to that, there's a big pile of things that are happening that same weekend. So Saturday, September 23rd is also National Hunting and Fishing Day. And it's also the last free fishing day for Indiana residents of the year. So another great opportunity to get out. Uh, Indiana residents can fish that day without a a fishing license. Again, it's the last day of the year they can do that. Uh, So go out and hit the waterways. If people are looking uh, for places to fish, public access sites, they can go to the Fish and Wildlife uh, website. And there is a map for where to fish, and it'll show them all of those access sites around the state that they can go out and take advantage of that day. Well, Um, you've been doing such a great job and traveling all over the state and helping lead and recruit and retain all the things that you're out there doing. But this National Hunting and Fishing Day is is a big deal. I mean, obviously, it's co-oping on a national event, but how important is that and what are you looking forward to and why is this something people should pay attention to? Well, you know, I think the biggest the biggest thing from my perspective as an R3 coordinator for the state of Indiana is to bring attention to the act of the activity of hunting and fishing. Um, you know, we had a, a pretty big spike in numbers of people that got outdoors and got involved in those activities during COVID. And we had that COVID bump that we all appreciated. But now those numbers are dropping back down to what they were pre-COVID. And overall, in the last, I would say, 10 years easily, the numbers of licensed hunters and anglers have started to decline. It's kind of a slow and steady process. 
And anytime we can bring attention to those two activities and the importance those play in conservation um, and conservation for everyone, not just for the people who are actually hunting and fishing, but any of that conservation work goes back and it actually is um, a, a good thing for people who are wildlife watchers, wildlife photographers, people who like to hike, um, anybody that likes to be outdoors. Uh, they benefit from the activity of hunting and fishing because those licensed dollars go back into conservation for everyone, not just the folks who are out there actually doing the activity of, of hunting and fishing. So it's important to bring attention to that. I think it's a great time of year to do that. A lot of hunting seasons are uh, either already started or getting ready to start. So it's just a good time to, to talk about those things and ask questions. If people don't really understand you know, the point behind hunting or why people enjoy it so much or the benefits of uh, procuring your own food, it's it's a good time to have those discussions. Cindy Stites, the R3 coordinator for the state of Indiana, great to visit with you, award-winning outdoor writer as well. I know this is your favorite coming months here, and you truly make what you say and preach part of your life and ritual and evangelize to those that anybody will listen, taking people hunting, getting people out. You have new people that you're mentoring this year? I do. Actually, I had the opportunity to go spend some time with um, a class at Purdue. It's a hunting and conservation class that's part of the forestry and uh, natural resources program at Purdue. And I spent quite a bit of time with them over the last uh, week, uh, helping with a range day, teaching them how to shoot shotguns. And I went and helped with a mentor dove hunt on Sunday. And then I went back and actually spoke uh, to the class about R3 and its connection to conservation and why that work is important uh, this, this Tuesday. So, yeah, I've got one student that actually reached out to me because... As I always do, uh, I always leave everybody with the notion that if anybody ever wants to go hunting, I will take anyone. That's as a private citizen, not as a DNR employee, but I always put that offer out to anybody that's interested if they don't have somebody to take them, but, you know, just reach out. People think I'm crazy for doing that, but it it made my day when uh, Wednesday morning I opened my email and I had a student that was asking me to take her out deer hunting for the first time. So I I have at least one lined up, maybe more. How was your squirrel season? That's something that's a passion of yours. You know, I haven't been out yet just due to recovering from a knee replacement. And I'm a, I hate to say I'm a fair weather squirrel hunter, but I really love to squirrel hunt in December and January. Um, Deer season for me is usually pretty much over by then. And it's a time to just get out and the foliage is off the trees. The ticks aren't as It's a heck of a lot easier to see them and the bugs don't bite. (laughs) so much easier and so much easier um so i haven't been out yet but i believe me there have been a couple cool mornings that i've thought about it well we look forward to many things to come we love having you be a part of indiana outdoors i know that you're looking forward to this fall and all the activities by the way um how is the knee quickly how is the knee i know you've struggled with some recovery (laughs) Coming along, I'm I'm actually doing some alternative therapy with a massage therapist, and she's she's beating me up pretty bad once a week, but it's making a difference. It's actually made the knee feel a lot better. I can sleep through the night now after three visits with her, so that's that's, <laughs> that's an improvement. We'll take that as a win. Well, you and I both have new joints, so I'm not sure how much more mobile I'm going to be because the other side's now screaming at me. So we'll have <laughs> yeah. to continue deliberating our our medical woes. But it's great to have you be a part of it and national. Public Lands Day. We talked to Jody about that. National Hunting and Fishing Day. Very, very important, especially in North America and the North American conservation model. All sorts of stuff going on. Free Fishing Day. 
coming up in that weekend. It's great to visit yeah, with you, Cindy. I, I also, if I if I can, I take a second. I also want to point out that September twenty third and twenty fourth is the youth deer season in Indiana. Oh, that's right. So seventeen and younger go out with an adult, and a, a licensed adult, eighteen years and older. They have the youth have to have a valid youth hunting license. Got to wear hunter orange, all the things. The adults cannot hunt. They cannot possess a firearm or any kind of hunting equipment during that time. But it's a great, great weekend to get the kids out and get them involved in deer hunting. Cindy, always great to visit with you. Thanks for being a part of it. Thank you. My pleasure. Cindy Stites, one of the good ones. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to org. Don't even think about going anywhere. We're going to be back right after this. So much fun, so little time. Don't you worry. We're going to be back next week. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. This one has to come to an end. People are waiting outside to jump in the studio and bring you more great radio. But I do ask that you thank the stations that carry Indiana Outdoors. We're in our 25th season of Indiana Outdoors, and we couldn't do it without you and the stations that carry us. So there you go. We've got big plans coming up hopefully you have big plans coming up with the start of the majority of the hunting seasons october 1st we heard from joe caudell expecting a great season and i have no reason to not believe that based on last year and we didn't really have a lot of disease as he mentioned uh, ehd we haven't had cwd so hopefully hunters are going to have a great time out in the indiana outdoors cindy stites our r3 coordinator recruit retain re-engage she's out talking doing being and always a great evangelist for uh indiana and the outdoors and hunting jody heaston volunteer coordinator for the state we've got national public lands day coming up always a good opportunity to get out as you are well aware we're brought to you by indiana donor network driven to save lives.org i am your host brian pointer remember turn in a poacher 1-800-TIP I-D-N-R. We're going to be back next weekend. Stop crying. We're going to be back. Have a great weekend. Be safe. See you outside, everybody. Mm-hmm.